Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicki. And I'm Ken. And you freed me, Nicholas. The centuries pass slowly when you are encased in bronze. Mother and I have tried many times to free you, but... No one knows better than I what an inconvenience the warehouse can be. But no longer. We only ask one thing in return. I would have thought immortality was trade enough. We've been ageless for far too long, Uncle. We, we want... I, I have to live out my life. This is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 19, All the Time in the World. Guest cast Polly Walker, Anthony Head, Josh Baylock, and James Marsters return as Charlotte Dupree, Paracelsus, Nick Powell, and Professor Sutton, respectively. Created by Brent Moat and Jane Espenson. Written by Holly Harold, Michael Jones Morales, and John Paul Nickel. Directed by Chris Fisher. Original air date July 1st, 2013. All right, I'm sorry, but I can't read lips. I can't see. How could there be nothing in the system about why Paracelsus was bronze? I don't know. I, I just figure he's some kind of Lex Luthor, Joker, Doctor Doom mashup. I mean, the, the warehouse only bronzed the baddest of the baddies. H.G. wasn't a baddie. Oh, well, yeah, now. But she did try and blow up the world, which is the number one criteria for an arch nemesis. And now the episode quick cap. Season 4, episode 19 all the time in the world. Pete and Micah use the directional spectrometer to view what happened in the bronzing room. They also discover that there are more artifacts missing, including the bronze steel that operates the bronzer. They also find a note from Paracelsus that reads, Sutton knows what I want. The team, along with Charlotte, head out to find Sutton and Paracelsus, hoping to find the steel to release Claudia before she crumbles away as she was bronzed outside of the bronzer, to save Nick, who has been taken by Paracelsus, and to stop Paracelsus's plans, whatever they might be. Pete, Micah, and Charlotte find Sutton at his engagement party. He tells Pete and Micah the story of his and his family's road to immortality. We learn that Paracelsus is Sutton's brother. Sutton agreed to help him with his experiment because he was offered payment, and also because he did not believe it would work. Sutton was double-crossed by Paracelsus, and his family was also made immortal. Sutton, seeing the madness that he always believed was just eccentricity in his brother, reported him to the authorities, but the warehouse agents were the ones to come and take him away. Sutton has paid off whoever he needed to to keep Paracelsus' lab intact, hopeful that one day he would find a way to reverse the immortality spell. They all travel to Istanbul, but Paracelsus is able to steal both halves of the stone and Sutton's ring, which holds some of the stone's insides. He reverses the immortality spell and kills Charlotte, who is trying to protect Nick from Paracelsus' gunshot. Paracelsus escapes. Back at the warehouse, Artie has to get some of Joshua's DNA to slow down Claudia's crumbling. He returns and uses the DNA, and it works. Pete and Micah return with the steel, and Claudia is saved. Mrs. Fredericks is becoming worse and worse, and Kosan says they need to access the restricted warehouse files to figure out what is happening to her. They need the keeper. As it turns out, Abigail is the keeper and is able to access Paracelsus' file, and it is discovered that Paracelsus was once the caretaker of Warehouse 9, and now that he's been released, there are two caretakers struggling for control of the warehouse, and Mrs. Fredericks seems to be losing this battle. Pete talks Micah into seeing her doctor and starting treatment. Sutton's ring and 
Genghis Khan's mace and a bunch of other artifacts are missing. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with supervillain Masha. This week's artifacts are the Mesopotamian bronze steel, a key component of the warehouse's bronze system. When used outside the bronzer, produces unstable bronzings that crumble to dust after a period of time. And once again, the Philosopher's Stone allows the user to bestow or rescind eternal life when used in conjunction with the copper bowls of life and death. As always, all artifact descriptions from Warehouse Wiki are linked to our website. Hey, don't break her. Yeah, thank God you said that because, you know, breaking her, that was our big plan. You fixed it? Just be glad that they didn't destroy this whole thing. So why do you think they took her out of there? Were they going to try and bronze someone else? I don't know. You know who might know? You, if you keep using the durational spectrometer. We also may be able to figure out where they went. Okay, yeah, we're just, uh, okay. I just have to say off the top, the big geek in me loves seeing James Marsters and Anthony Head, Spike and Giles together in, in an episode. It was cool. Okay, now where do I know him from? Which one? What's his name? The one that just got unbronzed. Oh, I don't know. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. It could be Doctor Who, could be the Taster's Choice commercial, remember? Oh, okay. When he got cleaned up, I'm going, hmm... Well, did you ever watch Merlin? Which one? Isn't there two Merlins, the English one or the it, American one? Not the movie. There was a series, Merlin. Right. The English one or the American one? It's the English one. Oh, yes. I don't like the show, but yes. I watched it enough not to like it. He was Uther. <laughs> he was the king. Nah, that's where I recognize him from. Okay. Merlin's on uh, Pluto TV. I don't know. I always watched it on Netflix. Like I said, I don't like it, but I have tried to watch it. Yeah. No, okay, so that's where he's from. Okay. Yeah, he was in a good part of the series. Oh, okay. Paracelsus was, is, Sutton's brother. As you know, he had a rather heretical approach to, well, pretty much everything. Pushed the boundaries of science, often combining that science with artifacts, multiple artifacts. Just a few moments. So we learned that Paracelsus is Sutton's brother and that Sutton was the only one who was supposed to be involved with this experiment. Mm-hmm. What the hell is my family doing? Have you lost your mind? This is only supposed to be me. Let them go. You don't need them. Oh, no, but you're wrong, my dear brother. I do. I must test my theory on a man, a woman, and a child. How else would I determine whether gender or age alter the process or the result? I see that your fee is tripled. And this guy is evil. I think he's more evil than anybody we've seen so far with the exception of Walter Sykes, but Walter Sykes was affected by an artifact. This guy is just out and out evil. Right. Jeez. And Sykes was a little bit different, though, because that was a need to walk again. To right. have a normal life and not sit in a chair. We don't know why this one's evil. Right. I must have killed the three of you a dozen times when you slept. I didn't think it possible. Anything is possible. At a cost. It took an entire village to tell the three of you were the gods. You killed them? My whole great achievement comes at a price. Socrates was executed. Magellan died, proving the world was round. Take it, it's their own lives, not the lives of others. More fool them. So Nick's story about his first love and all the loves that came after that was really sad. It was. I've watched my son trapped in an endless adolescence of broken hearts. The first was the most painful. Her name was Sophia. They were just two 15-year-olds in love. What could be more natural? Nick stayed 15 and Sophia grew up. 
She married, she had children, and she forgot all about her first love. But Nick never forgot her. As much as we believed that Charlotte and Sutton were the bad guys at the beginning, we could see now that they were just doing all of this for their son. Right. That was the first time that I saw the cruelty of immortality. Centuries caught between child and man. Never to fall in love, raise a family, share your life with someone. And worse, watching your loves age and die. Now to understand the situation, period, you know, the father, you know, he looked like he was drunk and everything else before he was immortal. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me recap that. Okay. Because I just remembered he was drugged. I forgot he was drugged. Right. I don't know how much of a nice guy he was before that. He just Mm. thought his brother was eccentric. And he didn't believe this was going to work anyway. He just saw it as like free money for him because his brother Mm -hmm. said he'd pay him. So I don't know how much of a nice guy he was. But I mean, he was nice enough to understand after all this happened that this guy was evil and he's the one who reported him. Yes. So Micah, as always, is being ridiculous. Mm, Yes. (laughs) So I suppose, you know, she's in denial about her cancer, but seriously, does she think if she ignores it, the cancer will go away? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously. I don't know why they're doing this to her character. She's just more ridiculous every episode. Filler. I don't know. Why don't we talk about why you haven't started your treatments yet? What treatments? Micah. Your cancer treatments, which you should have started, like, yesterday. Look, that, that's why I didn't tell anyone about this, okay? This is this is my disease, and it's my, it's my treatment program, and I will start it when I'm good and ready to start it. You're really telling me how to handle my own body? No, it's just, you can't just handle cancer. So Claudia's crumbling because Paracelsus and, or Nick, bronzed her outside of the bronzer. So Pete, Micah, and Charlotte go off to find Sutton so they can find the steely... And in the recap, I might have called it Steel. And if I call it Steel through the episode, know that I know it's Steely to to unbronze Claudia. And we also find out along the way that Paracelsus was the person who perfected the bronzing technique. Yes, he did. Yeah. So he absolutely knew what he was doing when he took the Steely. And Mrs. Frederick shows up and is clearly out of sorts. Yeah. But she does still have enough wherewithal to go into the restricted file room, which Artie knows only to be the storage closet, and tries to access Paracelsus' files. But she gets a message that says they were redacted. And then Artie's upset that this room is just another thing to add to the list of things he didn't know. You know, the room's right there in the warehouse, in his office, pretty much. Well, something's got to be kept a secret. (laughs) I know. I mean, it is what it is. I know. I guess Artie just keeps finding out all these things that he doesn't know. That's the mystery of the warehouse. Yeah. Well, whatever they had on Paracelsus, they didn't keep any records of it. I must access the restricted files. The what? There are restricted... There are restricted files... Of course, only the regents in their infinite wisdom would have restricted files, so we couldn't access... Not now. But Steve is the one who notices that Mrs. Fredericks just walked away and didn't disappear. I know. And you can hear the clicking of the heel. Which you never hear. Yeah, that's true. We never hear her show up. We never hear her walking or anything. Yep. She didn't just disappear. She walked away. Walked. Yeah. So Mrs. Fredericks now has to contact Mr. Kosan to try to get the redacted files. 
and Artie is still working on trying to slow the rate of Claudia's crumbling, and he needs a blood sample from Joshua. And I do remember where this blood sample thing is going to go, but it's not in this episode. Okay. So Artie has a hard time getting in touch with Joshua, but he tells Steve that he knows where he is and he's going to him. So Kosan brings Artie to the Eldenari. So Mrs. Fredericks wouldn't let him in, but Kosan will. (laughs) And they discover that both Mrs. Fredericks' mind and the Eldenari are deteriorating. This is the Eldenari, the warehouse's central nervous system. This is what makes the mind of the caretaker link with the soul of the warehouse. Eldenari. This little computer, Mrs. Frederick's condition. Something's tearing apart the warehouse from within its heart. Yes, I'm afraid so. Mrs. Frederick's mind is a mirror of the Eldenari. It seems that both of them are deteriorating. So when Pete and Micah and Charlotte find and apprehend Sutton, he tells them that he agreed to help his brother, like we said. He didn't understand that his brother's eccentricity was actually insanity and did not really believe that it would work, like we said. My brother was consumed with the idea of being immortal and what immortals could accomplish. I was foolish enough to think him eccentric rather than insane. What did you do to us? I gave you a gift. A gift that not even God can give. Immortality. You shall live forever. And pretty much, he did it for the money, not thinking that he would actually become immortal. And Sutton, like we said, is the one who turned his brother in. But he kept the stone in case they needed it again to reverse the immortality spell when or if they found a way to do it. He was brilliant, but lived in his own moral universe to kill an entire village. I didn't know what his endgame was, but I wouldn't allow him to cause more death. I went to the authorities. But it was the agents of Warehouse 9 who collected him. What is this? How dare you? What are you doing here? After he was bronzed, the regents wanted the Philosopher's Stone. But I told them it had been destroyed. I wouldn't destroy it in case we needed it again. And Charlotte seemed surprised and touched, kind of, that Sutton had kept that lab intact all these years, so when he found a way to reverse the spell, they'd be able to do it. Right. I mean, her opinion of him was clear. Right. Since we first met her, so she apparently didn't realize he was also trying to uh, reverse the spell. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of All Things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So when they go to the lab, of course, Paracelsus is there. 
and he's able to get both parts of the stone and the ring. See, we didn't know the ring was part of the whole thing. The ring that he was always wearing with the poison in it. Remember when they first talked about him before they knew it was actually the Count of St. Germain or whoever he was? They said he was able to make plants come to life or something. Mm-hmm. That's because he took part of the insides of one of the stones and he put it in a ring. That's why he stole the ring. We didn't know that until just now. Okay, so the ring that he poisoned the Countess with, or whoever he was supposed to marry, he put a Mickey in this champagne. It was from the ring. Oh, one of those things that open up, you mean? Yeah, ring that opened up that had poison in it. What oh. I call it poison. It was like a Mickey. Now, was that the ring? Because I missed something and I watched this twice. Well, I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to where he got the poison from. And it could be the same ring, but the stone in the ring was part of the insides of the Philosopher's Stone. Oh. The purple stuff. Oh, okay. I got you now. So All right, I got it now. the way I'm understanding this is even if they have both pieces, they still need the ring because that's part of the inside of the pieces. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I didn't notice where he got the thing from, and maybe, maybe the ring does open up. It must be a different ring, I think. Could be the same ring, but the stone is what they needed. I know what you're talking about, one of those rings that open up and there's stuff hidden inside. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be the same ring, but the Mickey that he gave her is totally different from the stone. Gotcha. Okay. You know, Artie gets back with the DNA, and he's able to give Claudia another 14 hours. Hopefully enough time for Pete and Micah to get back with the Steely. Nick! 500 years together and still the perfect little family. You bastard. But back in the lab, Paracelsius does make them mortal again. Be good and quiet. I'll make you mortal again. But it's only to exact revenge on his brother. He wants him to watch Nick die. Yeah. For centuries I was encased in bronze. Unable to think... About a thing except my revenge. If you hadn't gone to the authorities, my dear brother, the warehouse would never have found me. And things would have turned out very different. You took everything from me. Now I'll take something from you. Not Nick! But Charlotte jumps in front of the shot and is wounded. And then the lab begins to crumble and start falling down around Charlotte. And she makes them leave her because she knows she's dying. She wants to be sure that Nick is safe and alive to lead a normal life. And it's kind of sad that she's only gotten to be mortal for probably less than a minute before she was killed. Yeah, it was sad. Even Sutton didn't want to leave her. I mean, I guess we've grown to think of him as a big jerk, but he actually does have, you know, some feelings. Yeah, he does. You know. No, no, Mother, we can do this. I'm sorry, we have got to go. I'm not leaving her. Oh, yes, you can. Just for once, just listen to me. Look after our son. Please. That's what we've wanted. That's what we've worked for all these years. You've got a life. Live it now. But they're able to get the steely and they're able to free Claudia. But back to Mrs. Frederick. Mr. Kosan gets permission from the regents to summon the keeper, the person who holds all the warehouse's information. And Abigail is the keeper. Information of this nature is held by the keeper, the one person in each generation who learns vital parts of warehouse history and maintains them in a living memory. Yes, the keeper. The fail-safe for highly classified secrets. We must meet him at once. There's no need. 
The Keeper is here. I'm sorry, Irene. It was necessary for my identity to remain a secret. I understand. There's no need to apologize. They discover that Paracelsius was the caretaker of Warehouse 9. And now that there, there are two caretakers out in the world fighting for control. And this is what's affecting Mrs. Frederick. Much like when there were two warehouses back in that Egypt episode. Right. Yeah. Mrs. Frederick started losing her mind then too. Mm-hmm. So I guess there can't be two warehouses or two caretakers or two of anything at the same time. Right, there can only be one. Mrs. Frederick is losing the battle. Yeah, it looks like she's definitely on the losing side of that. So I have to imagine that the only reason the warehouse kept the fact that Paracelsus was a caretaker, a secret, was because they didn't want it out in the world or anywhere that one of their own went bad, because there really was no other helpful information in the files that we know of. Well, that's what I couldn't understand, too. We see how things have happened during the course of this, and... If a regent went bad, why couldn't a caretaker go bad? Why I don't understand why you wouldn't let them know to keep it safe because you never know. Exactly. But it seemed like this was kind of like to save face because we didn't know people were going to go bad. This was in the 1500s. So when they kept that a secret to save face, they didn't know we were going to have McPherson come along and HG and probably I'm sure a whole bunch of other people we've never heard about you know so back then it was kind of like a cover-up that's how I'm taking it because there's no other information that we needed it was like a cover-up because they didn't want people to know that a warehouse caretaker could go bad I don't know I can't see from warehouse one to warehouse nine that nobody else went bad and then we go from warehouse nine to warehouse 13 and all of a sudden the world went amok Yeah, that's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. Because there's no other information that they needed in that file, except to find out that he was the caretaker. So I'm sure at the time when they bronzed him, they thought it was over with, and nobody needed to know that he was a caretaker that went bad. Except, of course, they didn't know the future that this was going to happen many times. Mm. That's the only reason I could see that they kept it a secret. I can't think of any other reason, because I was trying. Well, that would be it to stay face, but what happens when we try to stay face? Well, right, exactly. But that's what they did. So now I wonder if Abigail's going to have to leave, because her identity was kept secret for a reason. But who was in the room when she did it, though? They had to have kept her identity secret from them for a reason. And I'm just imagining that the reason is because since all these random people seem to be able to investigate the warehouse and find out all these things, that it wasn't even safe for Mrs. Frederick and the agents to know who she was. Okay, so it was her, Mrs. Frederick. What's the ball headed guy's name again? Kosan. Was Artie in the room, too? He might have been off getting the DNA at that point. I'm not sure. We're somewhere along the line. I thought it was just the three of them in the room. Well, I'm saying if three of them are in the room, why would she technically have to leave if he already knows who she is? I don't know that he did know until he got permission from the regents to call in the keeper. I don't know that he knew that she was there. See, part of me wants to say he did. And even with Mr. Frederick, we don't know if she's going to technically evil usually it's going to uh, outpass the, the good. So people, I don't know, because I can't remember squat. Anyway, <laughs> because his evil is so strong, I'm assuming that Mr. Frederick's not going to make it. And in that turn, this is where evil might triumph good, but then better good 
comes and triumphs him. So the only people that's going to know that are the three people in that room, if Miss Frederick dies, why do they need to get rid of her? I'm just wondering if she's going to have to leave. I didn't say they needed to. Oh, I'm I'm just wondering if she's going to have to leave because, like I said... They kept her identity a secret for a reason. We don't know what that reason is. But I'm thinking, and it's just a guess because we don't know what the reason is. I'm thinking that nobody can know who she is because, you know, we've seen people, Charlotte investigated the warehouse and found out all this information. How? We don't know. Uh, Sykes investigated the warehouse and was able to find Mm -hmm. out all this information. So that's just what I'm thinking. I don't know that she's going to have to leave, and I'm not saying she's going to have to. I was just wondering if she was going to have to. Mm. I don't remember, and I think I still have it in my head when you said that she doesn't last long. (laughs) So, again, I don't know if I'm making up things because, you know, you made that suggestion. (laughs) I know, and then I'm going, I'm starting to like her now. Yeah. need to keep her i'm starting to like her now she's wearing on me now right so this could be all in my head it was just a thought i had i was wondering and you think kosan knew who she was i'm not sure he did but either way they kept her identity a secret so i don't know random notes some funny stuff and some other stuff but first the funny password year i was born 1502 i would have guessed 1508. What's your secret? Oil of Olay? Natter Weekly? Yes, Natter Weekly. It's utterly reliable. How do you think we found Jimmy Hoffa? Really? <laughs> Get engaged to a wealthy noblewoman, stage a fancy party, and then she gets out all the family jewels. <laughs> family jewels? I'll bet he's that Nigerian prince keeps emailing me. No, not you. No, hey, not you. I told you we should have worn mustaches. Yeah, no, I'm not offended. No, no, I'm fine. I'm sure you could go in. You're a Methodist. You mean aside from being the Tin Man in a bronze production of The Wizard of Oz? I'm just peachy. What's going on? Where's Paracelsus and why am I melting? Well, technically you're crumbling. I'm working a Wizard of Oz motif here, Steve. God, why am I gayer than you? (laughs) I love the fact that Charlotte shot Sutton. Uh, She knew it wouldn't kill him, but I'm sure she knew it was going to hurt like hell. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see me doing the same thing. It's going to hurt him for a minute, but hey. It's worth it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Little pain. Oh, man. How many times are we going to let him die and sneak off like that? Okay, Charlotte, you just stay here. Don't shoot anyone else. And, you know, Steve figured out a lot of things to try and help Claudia. He figured out how to talk to her, and he Mm -hmm. tried to use another artifact to slow her down, which didn't work. But he was kind of doing all the things that Claudia would have done. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Claudia was kind of impressed by that. Yeah. I figured that you're oxidizing, so I brought the binnacle from the USS Squalus, a submarine that sank in 1939. Now, a lot of the men survived 40 hours on a minimal amount of oxygen, so I figure I'm going to use the binnacle to suck all the oxygen out of the bronzer, slowing down your deterioration. Jinxie, I'm impressed. Take us to periscope depth. And then pretty much the last thing I have was obviously Paracelsus escaped. So I'm sure we'll see him again. Because I don't think he made himself immortal. No, I don't think so. He brought them back, but he didn't make himself immortal. So you have to imagine he's still going to try to do that. And he said when he made them immortal, he had to kill a whole village to do it. 
So I'm I'm sure they're still going to be looking for him. Plus, they still need to save Mrs. Frederick, since now Mm -hmm. they know that he's the old caretaker of Warehouse 9. Yeah. It's nice to know that even grumpy, jaded Arthur Nielsen can still be surprised by endless wonder. Towards the end, they made a connection between Claudia because he talked about the future and the present and the past, the right. past, future, and the present. Yeah, because Claudia immediately thought it was her causing Mrs. Frederick to lose her mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, they said, you're the future. We're dealing with somebody in the past. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Mrs. Frederick is the present. Yeah. So I like that part where, you know, to me, it's kind of like the ink is not wearing out on this one. You are going to be it. Right. You know, that just always keeps them reassuring that, yes, they're not pulling your leg. It is. Yeah. No reassurance for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have anything else. We only have seven episodes to go before we're done with this whole series. Oh, wow. Do you believe it? Yeah. Now, what was the date of the last series? Do you you know? The last? Like the year of the last series. Um, I'm guessing because I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to say 2014. Yeah. I was just thinking. I said it would be cool if they had Warehouse 14. Claudia would be older now. Yeah, true, huh? Yeah. And then after they can start putting new agents in and even like Pete and Mike would be the backdrop of how the two agents were. Oh, God, that's my memory. Oh, I know who you mean. Rebecca. I always forget their name. Yeah, like Rebecca. You know, she would be like, Rebecca, this, that. So that would have been cool. And I mean, it's still not too late. Right. To do like a Warehouse 14, because we know there's many others. So that would be cool. That would be cool for a new series to come out, because they could do it. Oh, sure, they can, yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Really cool. If y'all out there listening... The world needs some really good TV shows. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I got. All right. So we'll be back next week with episode 20, season finale. All right. Well, everyone, have a good day. Okay. We'll see you later. Bye. I'm not going to let you ignore it anymore. Ignore what? You heard Sutton. He thought they had so much time. I mean, hell, we all do. We, we think we have all the time in the world, but we don't. We, we, we just don't. You have cancer, and you need to get it taken care of, because I'm not going to play that scene, Micah. I'm not going to regret all the years that I didn't get to spend with you. Hey, this is Doug Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse, on our website at the13thwarehouse.com or on Podbean. The music for The 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in The 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.